Is the current reported drying up of the Euphrates River prophetic? Weakening America to implement socialism and communism amongst us. The CBDC pilot programs in New York. Klaus Schwab's need to restructure the world. A global vaccination passport and much, much more in today's headlines. We will analyze these events from a biblical prophetic perspective while taking your calls on this open line edition of End of the Age. Good afternoon, everybody. I'm Dave Robbins with End Time Ministries. Thank you so much for joining me on this open line edition of End of the Age. The number to reach me today, one 8463 I will be taking your calls, so i got a few lines open. I'll get to the calls in just a moment. Now, um, several things before we get started here with the open line segment. Israel 365, many other news entities are um, reporting that the Euphrates River is drying up. And its sister river, the, the Tigris, the twin river there, the Tigris River, that they're drying up. And there are news organizations that are saying, hey, this is prophetic. Uh, prophecy says the Euphrates River is going to dry up. This is it. Well, actually, that's not necessarily the case. The Bible does say during the sixth vial in Revelation chapter 16, verse 12, that when the sixth vial is poured out, that the great river Euphrates will be dried up to make way for the kings of the east to come down against Israel at the battle of Armageddon. Of course, we know, if you understand the timing of all of this, that the battle of Armageddon doesn't happen until after the great tribulation. We're not even in the great tribulation yet. And so the drying up of the Euphrates River that's happening now, if that is happening, I know there's people saying that, hey, there's great pockets of dry area and that, you know, it's decreased by 40% and things like that, which may very well be true. But that's not the drying up of the Euphrates River that is prophesied to occur at the time of the uh, Battle of Armageddon. So I wanted everybody to kind of understand this because Unless you understand these prophecies and the timing of these things, then you can kind of get confused by some of it. Because when you read these news sources, they'll tell you all kinds of things. And that's why it's very important to understand this is one small thing, the drying up of the Euphrates River. However, when you're talking about a world government or a world uh, you know, economic sanctioning system or a world religion or something like that, then it becomes very, very critical that we understand what's being pushed upon us in the news. All these agendas and propaganda by the United Nations and these world religious forces, and a lot of that's happening right now. If you look at what's going on with COP27 and all of these news articles where people are um, throwing down and breaking ten, uh, mock Ten Commandments of climate change 
up on Mount Sinai where the original Ten Commandments were given to Moses. Think about that. There are a lot of people that are, many, many religions that are looking at that and that are following this stuff and just um, believing that that's going to change something and that, you know, oh, we, we've got to almost worship the creature or the, the creation more than the creator and we're doing all these mock things. I'm telling you, there's some things that you cannot mess with in these, really ever, but especially in the end times just ahead. I'm not going to mock God and make up my own Ten Commandments and go up on Mount Sinai and throw that down as a mockery of what happened with Moses when he came down off the ten, off of the uh, Mount Sinai and saw the golden calf and he break the, broke the Ten Commandments. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to mock those efforts. I would never be a part of that in an effort to gather the religions of the world together to support and advocate for this world-governing body. You say, wow, Dave, that's quite the spin. No, that's not, that's not spin at all. Folks, these are realities. This is where we're living right now. And the Bible says there's going to be a world religion, Revelation 13, 11 through 15, and it's exactly what the Bible prophesies to occur in the end time. And the goal of that end time world religious system would be to advocate for, to support, thereby worshiping the Antichrist and his one world governing system. We are watching that take place right now, precursors to it, at the COP27, the COP27 meetings, the conference of party meetings, and all of their climate agenda and everything they're trying to push, all of that has nothing to do with the climate, you understand. It's all about control, about the redistribution of wealth in the world, and it's moving us onto a socialistic, communistic platform moving forward. Now, I will tell you, that this morning I interviewed a gentleman named Kevin Freeman who is with the Economic War Room. He does that with, um, on Glenn Beck's platform over there. He works with Glenn Beck doing that, the Economic War Room. We had a great interview. The interview will play next week. But during the interview, he wrote a book called According to Plan. He's written several books. You can go to um, economicwarroom.com to buy his book. I'm actually going to buy all of his books because I couldn't put this one down once I picked it up. I actually told him, I said, Kevin, I, when I, I decided that when I was going to read your book that I would highlight areas that I wanted to talk to you about in our future interview. And I told him I, I, I highlighted, you know, close to 50% of the entire book because there's so much good stuff in there. And get this, everybody, he is a a, 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 a Christian man, a believer, and... He comes at it from a biblical perspective as well. And it aligns right up with what we teach from a prophetic perspective. He believes in the Antichrist and that he will have a socialistic one world governing body. Things we've been teaching for years now. And the interview was great. It'll be on, we'll be playing that next week once it's edited. And I'll probably, if I can, if I can get permission from him, we'll put that interview in End Time Magazine coming up as well. It was a fabulous interview, and we want to keep you guys up to date on what's going on because he's working with the Economic War Room, and he might be doing some things, if, if they could get these different things passed, about some alternatives to maybe a Mark of the Beast system should it be somewhat implemented here in the United States. And 
we'll be talking about, we talked about some of those things on the interview about a, um, a deal called a digital Texan where they could put out um, a gold-backed digital currency in the state of Texas. And any state could do it. And we've talked about that in the interview. And that's something that you guys will be watching next week. But again, I'll be taking your calls today. I'll go straight to the phones on the back end of the break. The number to reach me, one 363 8463 Looking forward to a great Q&A session today. And uh, we'll get back into maybe this interview uh, if we run out of calls, which we very seldom ever do. But looking forward to a great time. And got some great calls on the screen already. So God bless y'all. Satan and the elites of this world don't want you to understand the timeline leading to the second coming of Jesus. You can pinpoint where we are in the end time, understand how you fit in, and be filled with hope in God's plan by watching the future according to Bible prophecy. Go to intime.com slash future or call 800 intime That's 800-363-8463. Hi, I'm Judy Baxter. When Irvin and I got married, we didn't realize that our calling would be a prophetic ministry. Since we started End Time Ministries, there have been many times we weren't sure how we would pay the bills, but God has always provided. We started with the magazine, then went on radio and TV, and now we have the Jerusalem Prophecy College in Israel and online and End of the Age Plus. The mission has always been to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ and the end time message. Through the years, my husband would say, we will see revival like never before in the last days. We are living in the end time now. Thank you for walking this journey with us and continuing in prayer. You are a part of the team. Thank you for your generous support. It is necessary for God's purpose. The most important thing is that you are ready when the Lord comes. Our hope is to help prepare you for that day. God bless you, and we love you. What if you could understand Bible prophecy? Dave Robbins, the host of the End of the Age television and radio programs, is holding a free prophecy conference near you. Gain peace and understanding about what the Bible says concerning end-time prophecy. Call 1-800-END-TIME or visit endtime.com slash events for more information. Welcome back, everybody. And the number to reach me, I got a few lines open. one 363 8463 I'm going to go straight to the phones. Let's go to Charles in North Carolina. God bless Charles. Welcome to End of the Age. How you doing, Pastor Dave? This uh, is Charles, and I have two questions I want to ask. Yes. By the way, y'all are doing a great job. Thank you. Um, one of the questions are, we are constantly being called a democracy, which we are not. We are a, a constitutional republic. Yes, sir. And I want to know, can you tell me the difference between the two? Yeah, a democracy is basically um, majority rules. Whether it's good or bad, the majority rules, which is not a good thing. Uh, we don't want to be a democracy. A republic says that we have a group of laws that we have put in place to govern by, which is very important because you don't want, uh, what if the entire, uh, what if the majority, um, like let's say we have a majority in the Senate 
or a, a majority in the house or whatever. Think of a majority, over 50%. What if it's wrong? Not every law on the books, just because it's a law, makes it right. So in a democracy, majority rules, period, whether it's right or wrong. And then, But in a republic, we have a set of laws that we govern by, which is exactly what we want to happen. We are a, like you say, a constitutional republic, not a democracy. I know a lot of people throw that out there, but we certainly are not a democracy. Wow, great answer. Because um, sometimes it can get confusing. And, yes, sir. And so yep. the, the other question I want to ask, I know you don't have, I, I want to make sure I don't take up a whole lot of your time for other people to get a chance. This is one I hear asked, and I want to ask you, if the United States is not going to be a part of the new world order, yes, sir. then how come it's been on our currency, dollar bill, since 1935? And yeah. how come all the presidents, uh, from the Bushes to the Clintons to yeah. Obama to uh, Biden, right. even Trump spoke of it as well. Yeah. Um, Kissinger spoke of it as well. And it seemed like it's been the agenda for uh, for all the world leaders uh, for a long time. Yes, sir. And uh, Franklin D. Roosevelt as well. Mm-hmm. And so I want to know if, if if we're not going to be in the world order, why our currency is that, and, and why is it on our dollar bill? Yes, sir. So uh, the term New World Order put on the dollar bill by FDR back in 1935, it's in, the, it's in written in Latin in the ribbon under the pyramid with the all-seeing eye, and it is Novus Ordo Seclorum, New Order of the World or New World Order. FDR was a globalist. He believed in a world government. And every president since has believed in the United Nations, a world governing body. And Donald Trump spoke of it, but he was not an advocate of the New World Order because he started pulling us out of world government. That's why he was preaching America first. We're not going to have a foreign entity govern our people. You know, so I... Whether he really understood what it was or not, I think by the end of his presidency, he surely did because he was against all of them. But Donald Trump was an anomaly, and you've seen how they pretty much have tried to eviscerate him from the planet. However, all of the presidents, whether they have been Republican, Democrat, like you've said, the Clintons, the Bushes, President Obama, President Biden, they've all are pro-world government. Now... We believe, because the eagle's wings are not mentioned in Revelation 13 on that world-governing beast, and that in Revelation 12 we protect Israel all the way through to the end, we're not going to be fully engaged in that. However, we could still remain part of the United Nations, the world-governing body, and retain our UN Security Council veto power. Look at what happened under President Trump. We were pulling out of the Paris Climate Agreement, we were pulling out of the Trans-Pacific Partnership, we pulled out of the Global Compact on Migration, UNESCO, all this other stuff. So we were pulling out of world government, but yet we still, as one of the five victor nations of World War II, retained our UN Security Council veto power, even though we were pulling out and not fully engaged in the world governing body. Throughout the end time, and this may be one thing that is happening to America, is America is waking up to what's really going on and we're going to say, no, we don't want a part of that. We were kind of lulled to sleep under all of the administrations. We thought, hey, these administrations are surely pro-United States and anti-world government. Well, then, we've, then America 
One of the things Donald Trump did when he got into office was to wake America up to what was happening, the corruption in the establishment, the deep state, the the United Nations, the world government, everything that was going on, America woke up. And then we said, well, hey, we've got to put a Donald Trump back in office. And that's when the Democrats or somebody started saying, well, hey, we've got to have all these mail-in ballots and we've got to do all this other stuff to try to control the elections. And that's where we're at now. We just saw it again during the midterms. So... Okay, well, yeah. the question I want to know, aren't both parties owned by the Council on Foreign Relations, the CFR? Uh, yeah. I did hear Urban Baxter say that, yes. the late, great Urban Baxter say that um, in one of his speeches, that yeah. both parties are owned by the Council on Foreign Relations. Yes, sir. So a, I, I will say that, and this is one of the conversations I had with Kevin Freeman this morning, that the Democratic, Democrat Party today is not the Democrats of old. I know a lot of Democrats that were Democrats uh, 50, 60 years ago that absolutely do not agree with what the Democrats are doing today. The Democrats, the um, Communist and the Socialist, the Communist Party USA, Socialist of America, they were, these entities were established back in the early 1900s, and they endeavored to take over the Democratic Party. So most of the major players you have in the Democratic Party today have socialistic or communistic influence. Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, Adam Schiff, um, President Obama, all of these people that have been just held these offices for years, you say, man, they're anti-America as you can get. How are they holding those positions? Because they have been placed there by, by very powerful people, the establishment, and they are establishment politicians. Not everybody in the Republican Party is an establishment politician, uh, but there are still people that are what are called rhinos, and they're Republican in name only. They're basically establishment politicians as well. However, you've got to have people on both sides to get your agendas pushed. That's what's going on in America right now. Not every Republican is, but there are some that are, and so, um, and you see that very clearly. When we started um, subscribing all of our politicians in Washington to our End Time magazine, years ago our partners started doing that. Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, all of them, every president for 10 years has got an End Time magazine. We've only had one person ever that's ever sent us a letter and said, End Time Ministries, don't ever send these magazines ever again to us. And that was Paul Ryan the ex-Republican Speaker of the House. So he, he was a rhino, and we see that. So they're not in full control, but the Council on Foreign Relations is influential in grooming people to take those positions. That's Establishment Politician 101. Not all of them are, but um, some of them certainly are. So do they own them completely? I would say they own the majority, if not most, of the Democrat uh parties and the people, and then, uh, uh, you know, quite a few of the Republicans as well. Again, not all. Some of the Republicans... Go ahead. It seems to me that uh, both parties, Democrat and Republicans, it seems they cause division. They have you fighting over which one is right and which one is wrong, and it costs a lot of, uh, you know, if you you are a country that's divided, cannot stand. Right. Amen. That's, That's a whole point. And that's one of the reasons they'd like to keep everybody divided by race and divided by 
economic status and all these other things is because when you can divide, it's divide and conquer. If the United States would rise up and just say, no, we don't want this anymore collectively, they would have no power over us. But because everybody's divided, then they can keep us all, this one, this group against that group, that's how it's called divide and conquer, and that's exactly what they're trying to do in America right now. Thank you so much, and um, I didn't mean to take up all your time, but I can talk to you all day, but I know you don't have all day, but... Keep on doing the good work, and um, God bless you all. Uh, thank you, Charles. God bless you, my friend. Thank you for the call. Uh, that was actually a wonderful call. Awesome questions. Uh, let's go to Ron in Missouri. God bless, Ron. Welcome to End of the Age. Oh, hello. Hello, Ron. Uh, you guys are doing a great job. Thank you, sir. It's fantastic. My question is, when we're raptured at the end of the three and a half years. Yes, sir. What happens to the people that remain here? Okay, so um, we know that the Jews that are in Israel, the Bible says all of Israel will be saved, Romans eleven twenty five and 26, when the fullness of the Gentiles be come in, which is at the time of the rapture and the second coming. That's when the Bible says the Lord will plant His feet upon the Mount of Olives. The Jews will go out to meet Him, and one will say, Where'd you, this is Revelation, or I'm sorry, um, Zechariah 13. Where'd you get those scars in your hand? And he's going to say, these are those with which I got in the house of my friends. And the Bible says that they, those scales that have been on Israel all these years, they're going to come off and they're going to recognize Jesus was in fact the Messiah. And the Bible says all of Israel will be saved at that point. Those individuals will live into the millennial reign as mortals. The rest of everybody on the earth, what happens to them? Well, there will be people that live on as mortals into the millennial reign as well. Because the Bible says in Daniel chapter 7 that it talks about the nations that will come down against Israel to fight. But it says pertaining to the rest of the nations, the rest of the beast, their dominion was taken away, but their lives were prolonged for a season and a time into the millennial reign. Here's the eternal, the $64,000 question, Ron. Does everybody on the planet get to live into the millennial reign as mortals? I don't know if I can answer that question. The Bible doesn't give us a specific answer because, again, when you're studying a topic like this, you have to look at every single verse that pertains to that topic. The Bible says in Matthew 13, uh, at the simultaneous harvest, the parable of the wheat and the tares, that Jesus said at the time of the harvest, at the very end, you understand there was a field planted, and this is symbolic, this is a parable, but there was a field planted with wheat, and amongst the wheat came up tares. And when the Lord explained the, the parable, He said, the wheat are the children of the Lord. They are the saved individuals in the earth. The tares are the children of the wicked one, the unsaved. And the angel said, well, hey, should we go in and tear up all the tares, get them out of the field? And the Lord said, no, we're going to wait until the time of the harvest. If you pull up tares, you'll pull up the wheat as well. We're going to wait until the time of the harvest. We're going to pluck all them at the same time. And the wheat will be placed into the storehouse, but the tares will be cast into the fire. So, Ooh, okay. at the t- so here's the point. At the time of the rapture and the second coming, those who do not make it, I cannot t- give you a conclusive 100% answer who gets to live in the millennial reign. I can tell you some people who will, but I don't know specifically who. In the Old Testament, we have a... Um, an account of when the children come through the wilderness 
when they come out of Egyptian bondage, they come through the wilderness, it comes time for them to go into the promised land. When the, um, because of the unbelief of the Israelites and their murmuring and complaining, they were not allowed to go into the promised land unless they were 19 years old and down. 19 years old and down, they were not held accountable for the sins of their parents and they were allowed to enter into the promised land. So that is one precedence that we may have to look at where maybe those 19 years old and down would be allowed to live as into the millennial reign as, as mortals and not be held accountable for some of the sinful ways of humanity prior to that. Again, at this point, Ron, I cannot tell you conclusively who gets to live into the millennial reign. Uh, all I can tell, and this is what we teach, is that Jesus told, said, except a man will be born again, he can't enter or see the kingdom of God. Everybody living right now, you need to be born again and make the rapture. To me, that's the only option because if you say, I've had, I've, and the reason I'm saying this is because I've had people actually tell me, well, hey, if there's a, a plan of salvation in the millennial reign, I'll just wait till then to get ready. And I'm like, are you out of your mind? Because you, you think you're going to make it through the Great Tribulation, World War III, which will kill one-third of the world's population, the Battle of Armageddon, all the things that will happen from now till then, and then say, well, I'll get ready on the other side. And I, I talked to my father-in-law, Irvin Baxter, about this, because it set me back when I had somebody tell me that early on in my ministry And I said, Dad, what do you think about this? And he said, Dave, he said, it's a mindset with some people. If you're not going to get ready on this side, they won't get ready on the other side. And because I was upset because when I started teaching Bible studies early on, I helped get a lot of people prepared for the second coming and born again and saved, but some people didn't want anything to do with it. And I, I was upset by that because I wasn't winning everybody that I talked to. And Dad told me, he said, Dave, he said, I had to recognize over the course of my ministry that some people are bound and determined to go to hell. There's, nothing, there's not one thing you're going to do to save them. And he said, our job is to teach the hungry ones, the one that want to be saved, and to share the gospel of the kingdom. And those that want it, they'll grab on with all their might. And those that don't want it, there's not one thing you could say to affect them. And I thought, man, that is so true. So I had to change my way of thinking, and now what I'm doing, Ron, is I'm looking for the people that are hungry, that want this with all their heart, because they're the ones that will get it. The ones that don't want it, there's nothing you can do to help them. Just pray for them, and that's it. Absolutely. Well, God bless, my friend. I I hope that answered your question. I'm coming up to a break here. I got more calls when we get back from the break. I do have a few lines open. Uh, if you'd like to reach me, one 363 8463 Great conversation today. And we'll get right back to the phones when we get back. Uh, God bless each and every one of you. And thank you for listening to us and watching. It's an awesome time. Whether it's a global pandemic, threat of war, or floundering economies, end-time events are happening around the world every day. How can you have peace in a world of such great uncertainty? With the End Time Magazine subscription, you can gain a deeper understanding of current events and its prophesied repercussions. End Time Magazine's exclusive content and prophetic insight allows you to understand where we are in the end time. It will give you peace when horrific news and events happen. 
when you subscribe today to End Time Magazine for 12 months for just $19.99. You can have hope for the future because you will understand what the Bible says about the time we are living in. You'll get access to exclusive articles like the Prophesied American-Israeli Alliance, End Time Do's and Don'ts, and Could School Choice Save America? Subscribe for you or a friend right now. Go to endtime.com or call 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-END-TIME. The symbols and prophecies within the book of Revelation have perplexed Christians and unbelievers around the world. In his final work, Revelation, the unveiling of Jesus Christ Part 2, the late Irvin Baxter unlocks the mystery of the book of Revelation with in-depth analysis and commentary like you've never heard before. These comprehensive study tools, available for $299, will deepen your biblical understanding. Don't miss this special offer. Call 1-800-END-TIME or go to endtime.com. If your station only carries the first 30 minutes of End of the Age, go to endtime.com and click the watch button to continue today's broadcast. You can also finish up later by clicking the archive button. Well, welcome back, everybody. And again, I've got a few lines open. Normally, it's not like this. Everybody must be traveling for Thanksgiving. But the number to reach me today, one 363 8463 Going back to the phones, Alan in Pennsylvania. God bless Alan. Welcome to End of the Age. Hi, Dave. Thanks for taking my question. Sure. Um, it's kind of a two-part question. Um, everybody's looking for the start of the seven-year tribulation. Yes. Do you think it's possible for a worldwide revival led by one person before the Antichrist comes? In other words, uh, the, uh, in the, the Lord's prayers, uh, the, be done in, when, in earth it is in heaven. Mm-hmm. So my question is, do you think there'd be a worldwide revival that one person would lead before Before the before the last seven years, yeah. So, the do I think there's going to be a great end time revival? Yes. Do I think one person will lead that? No. The Bible okay. says that in at the time of the um, Antichrist, Revelation eleven, mm-hmm. verse thirty two and thirty three, that they that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits, and they that understand among the people shall instruct many. It's going to be the church collectively that God will have the revival through. And so we know that for sure because um, politics is Satan's method of ruling the world. The church collectively as the body of Christ is God's method of ruling the world. So when God's going to do something in the earth, he will do it through his church. That's why there's a five-fold ministry. The apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, and evangelists. Then you have the body collectively. And that's what God moves through in the earth. So not necessarily one man. I do know the two witnesses are coming on the scene, and they will do great things. But there are Mm -hmm. many men and women of God around the earth that will be doing great things during that time as well. So not just one person, but certainly the great end-time revival, absolutely. So you don't think like a new world order would be in God's plan at all? Well, a new world order... A new world order... uh, You mean like a a Christian... Oh, a Christian, a Christian new world order. A new world. Yeah. yeah, so the 
There is coming a time when God will establish His kingdom here on the earth. That will mm-hmm. certainly be a Christian New World Order. And that's the 1,000-year millennial reign. Prior sure. to that, Satan is still the god of this world. Politics uh-huh. is his method of ruling the world. The one-world government will look like it is winning until the second mm-hmm. coming of Jesus Christ comes on the earth. Even though there's going to be a time of great revival, there's still going to be a secular world government in the earth. Um, and both of those are told in Scripture Specifically, Revelation chapter 7, verse 9, John, said, John saw a vision in heaven of the future that he said there was people out of every kindred, people, tongue, and nation. And the Bible says, these are they that came out of great tribulation. So there is a great world revival coming. Um, but I also know that there's going to be a, a world government that will be ran by the Antichrist as well, right along with that. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. So there's no way it could be a Christian running the New World Order. There will be what now? I said, so there's no way a Christian could lead a new world order. Well, when you like a wor- when you say new world order, like, define that. Like, like a monarch. No, like a worldwide monarch. No, I don't think that's going to be the case. It's it's God moves through His church, right? And so, yes, there will be two witnesses, but the two witnesses will be part of the church. And sure. so, it yeah, it's very important that we understand. When you're part of the body of Christ, you're part of the global church that God's establishing here on the earth, and the revivals will occur through the churches. Um, it's not going to have a, you know, because not one man's not going to get the glory for all of this. It's going to be God Almighty. And so, yeah, I mean, that's how it's going to be in the end time. God moves through His church. Okay. Yes, sir. Thanks. For, all right. Thanks God for bless my friend. Thank you for the call, Alan. You have a great weekend. Let's go to Tom right here in Texas. God bless Tom. Welcome to End of the Age. Uh, yes, uh, thanks for taking my call. Um, I was uh, kind of referring back, I think it was a few days ago that I was listening, and people were talking about the mark of the beast. And I believe, if I'm correct on this, I'm driving, so forgive me, I don't have the exact sure. uh, scripture, but I believe it's Revelation 14, somewhere around verse 9 through 12 or 13. But the bottom line is... He's referring to the matter at hand is going to be worship. Yes. And so, you know, I hear a lot of people talking about the mark of the beast, the new world order. But the bottom line to me is, if I understand the scripture correctly, it has to do with worship. So he causes the very elect, it says, to even bow down to this worship. So I'd like your thought on that, because to me, I go back. And I look at the historical side of it. Why were the Christians being martyred back in biblical times? It's because they wouldn't bow down to the worship that the papal Rome wanted to enforce on people. So anyway, that's my question. I'm sorry I didn't frame it as well as I wanted to. I'll I'll take it offline. All right. Very good. Well, thank you much, Tom. The thing is, Tom, is that there are two parts to the Mark of the Beast. The Bible says that in Revelation 13, 16, He will give everybody a mark in the right hand of their forehead. And with, without that, they're not going to be able to buy or sell. They're not going to be able to participate in society. But then when you go to the verses that you mentioned, Revelation 14, 9, the Bible says, The third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If any man worship the beast and his image and receive his mark in their forehead or in his hands, the same will drink of the wine of the wrath of God, and he's going to be, have eternal judgment. So, 
there are two things, two parts to the mark of the beast. There will be a global numbering system. People will receive a mark in their right hand and their forehead. And they will do that as a pledge of allegiance or worship, thereby worshiping the Antichrist and his world governing system. The Bible says that in the end, everybody whose name is not written in the Lamb's Book of Life will worship him. But then they're all, all also going to receive a mark. So there are two things that you absolutely cannot do in the near future. And that is one, never take a mark of identification on your person, ever, anywhere. And never take and never uh, pledge allegiance to thereby worshiping the Antichrist or his world governing system. Two things. The worst part about that, obviously, would be the worship to the Antichrist. The word worship is mentioned four or five different times in Revelation chapter 13 because it's all about worship or a pledge of allegiance. To do that, you would have to deny the real Christ and to worship or pledge allegiance to the Antichrist. And that's something you cannot do. There's eternal consequence to doing that. So those are the two things. Never a mark of identification and never a pledge of allegiance, thereby worshiping the Antichrist. And that's the way you'll guarantee you never take the mark of the beast. Um, and because there, it's of eternal consequence. Again, Revelation 14, 9 through 11 specifically tells us, verse 11 says, The smoke of their torment ascendeth up ever, ever, and ever. It's eternal consequence. You absolutely cannot do that. One of the things that made God as mad as anything throughout the Bible is idolatry. When Israel started worshiping other gods, idols and different things, besides um, what the, the one true God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, then God sent them into exile. When Moses and, and God come down off Mount Sinai and they saw they were worshiping the golden calf, God said, Moses, I'm going to wipe them out. I repented that I ever made them. Now think about that. He had brought them out of Egyptian bondage and then he's going to wipe them out. Why? They were worshiping idols. God had just did this big miraculous, uh, many miracles to get them out of Egypt. And then he saw them worshiping idols and he said, nope, I'm, wash- I'm wiping them out. So very important that we understand that you worship God Almighty and that is it. The Bible says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord and Him only shalt thou serve. So that's going to be a deceptive message. That's why... This COP27 and these, these people breaking these tablets and all these different things, getting caught up, all these religions of the world getting caught up in this climate propaganda. There is no way I would have a part in that because I'm only worshiping the one true God. I'm not going to worship the creature or the creation more than the creator. No way. The Bible says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added unto you. I'm not worried about the environment. God's worried about that. Okay? So it's very important. Sometimes we've got to snap out of these things. So much deception and propaganda and lies and false narratives. No. The Bible says you shall know the truth and the truth will do what? Set you free from all this crazy bondage that's being put on us. I want to know the truth. Okay. I love this stuff. Now, let's go to, um, I think Sue in Missouri is next. God bless Sue. Welcome to End of the Age. Hello. I was wondering, if I understand it right, Jesus will rule from Jerusalem after he comes back and sets his feet upon the earth and sets up his kingdom. That's a, a, According to the Bible, it appears that that is the case, yes. 
Okay, and what I was wondering, I know they'll have all kind of pictures of him all over the world, never through the cameras and the, and all the things like this, but will people actually go to Jerusalem to see him in person? I mean, uh, the Bible says that they will go up once uh, once a year to meet him or to worship him, whether everybody on the planet does that, at this point, I simply do not know the answer to that. Um, they still will be physical, mortal human beings living on the earth. Um, how all that will transpire specifically, the Bible's kind of a gray area there. Uh-huh. So I, I don't know if we, I can give you a conclusive answer on that. All I know, Sue, is that I want to be an immortal person ruling and reigning with Jesus Christ for that thousand years. Uh, at that point... You know, if somebody wanted to go, maybe I could pick them up and fly them there. I don't know how all that's going to work. Yeah. But um, I, all I know is, is I want to be raptured and be part, of the, with, be part of the kingdom of God as an immortal being at that point. Where it says that uh, Satan will be bound a thousand years and then he'll be loose for a little season. Yes. Now, a season always meant three months. Will that just be a little season? Um, it just it just means a short period of time. I don't think it gives us a conclusive answer of how long that will be. It will be enough time for him to deceive the nations again, Gog and Magog and others, to come down against Jerusalem to battle one last time. So it's probably going to be more than just a few days. It's going to be a certain period of time. I don't know if I could conclusively prove that it's going to be a three-month segment. Okay. That's yeah. what I appreciate all your help, and thank you so much. Absolutely. God bless you, my friend. Let's go to um, Zal in Texas. God bless oh. Zal. Welcome to End of the Age. Hey, Dave. Oh, it's Zal with a V. Thanks. Okay. Uh, Sorry about that. Yeah. I, I was just calling. Um, so with the one world religion, is that going to affect all religions, including the UPCI? Because that's kind of what I grew up in. I was just wondering, and I guess... Every yeah. religion is going to be affected, or at least into the rule of sure. the Antichrist. I'll take your answer off there. Okay, Thanks. very good. Well, thank you for the call. I'm sorry for messing up your name there. Um, no, the, so the true religions on the earth, a true Christian would never be a part of the end-time world religious system. There are many religions on the earth that will not be a part of that. They can't be, because I can't worship anything that is other than the one true God. Uh, the Pledge of Allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America uh, and to the republic, to the, uh, the guy's question earlier in the program, are we a republic or a democracy? No, we're a republic, but to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God. If they took that Pledge of Allegiance to the one nation under God out of that, I couldn't say the pledge anymore. I'm not going to pledge allegiance to anything that is not subservient to God Almighty. And so, no, true Christian teaching churches on the earth today that are biblical Christian fundamentalists, they will not be part of the end time world religion in the end time. I've been part of the end time family from the beginning over 30 years ago when my parents, Irvin and Judy Baxter, began ministry from the recliner in our living room. My name is Jana Robbins. I have the pleasure of connecting with our incredible partners every day. End Time is a small nonprofit that runs a high traffic website, a daily TV and radio show, the Prophecy College in Jerusalem, and more. Although we have less than 30 team members, we are able to serve tens of millions of people each month. 
We survive on the goodness of God and donations averaging about $50. If everyone hearing this message gave $22, our financial needs would be met for the year. If you only give to one cause per month, please consider partnering with End Time to help get the message of our soon coming King out to the world. Call us at 1-800-END-TIME to give today or go to endtime.com to become a monthly or one-time partner. All right, everybody, so I'll make you a deal. I went from one call on the screen to a full screen. (laughs) And so we've got about 12 or 13 minutes here, so keep your questions short. I'll keep my answer short, and I'll try to get to everybody on the screen. Let's go to Sam right here in Texas. God bless Sam. Welcome to End of the Age. Hi. uh, All the prophecies in the Bible, are they from God? All of them? Yeah, so the prophecies in the Bible are God knows the end from the beginning. And he has looked right. down through time. He's already, as a matter of fact, he is already, as much as he's in back of us, he's never created. He's all the way ahead of us. He's already seen all this stuff play out. So he's went and told the writers of the Bible, this is going to happen, then this, then this, because he's seen it all play out already. And so, they, so they that's how the prophecies, he didn't, not, he didn't necessarily ordain them. In other words, it wasn't his will that a world government be created, but he saw it all play out as that, and that's what he told the writers of the Bible. Yeah, because, you know, he, get, he, he makes the ten kings give their power to the Antichrist. So I'm just wondering that, if, you know, he's making, you know, like he prophesied by Jesus, Israel, that he's, he's making all this stuff happen just the way it says in the Bible. I, I just thought that's the way it, yeah, yeah. it, it goes. So the, the but you're Bi- saying it, it happened by chance. Yeah, the Bible doesn't necessarily say that God makes the ten kings give their alliance to the Antichrist. The Bible just says that they will give their allegiance to the Antichrist in the end time. I'll I'll get the verse, but I think it says that God makes them do it. But anyway, anyway, that that was my question. I didn't know if God prophesies this and he makes them happen. But you're saying they happen by chance and God just wrote them down. Yeah, yeah. In other words, God, the Bible says God knows the end from the beginning. He's seen all this stuff play out already. And so he went to Daniel and he said, Daniel, I want you to prophesy this. Boom, boom, boom. And then Ezekiel and then Zechariah and then uh, Jesus, when he was here on earth in a physical form, he prophesied. Uh, the Apostle Paul, many of the apostles, John, they all wrote as God moved upon them and told them what to say. That's how we get the prophecies is because Almighty God has already seen all this play out. And so he didn't ordain. In other words, God didn't plan on Satan creating a world governing body, but he saw how it all would play out in the end time. And that's what he told the writers of the Bible. And that's how we get the prophecies. Jesus said, I tell you these things before they come to pass that you might believe. So prophecy builds your faith in the word of God. How do we get the prophecies? Because God's already seen all this stuff play out. Okay, so they, all this happened by chance, and God just was a historian. He just wrote it down. That's correct. Okay, thank yep. you. Thank you, Sam. God bless you, my friend. Uh, Linda in Ohio. God bless. Welcome to End of the Age. Yes. Uh, can you hear me? Yes, ma'am. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, real quick, I don't know if you've been asked this, but with Donald Trump uh, returning to politics, and if he was possibly reelected. How does this 
affect the end time ministries, uh, end times, yeah. uh, especially with his relationship with Israel? Uh, do you see any play, uh, you know, a word in the prophecy about that? Sure. So we know, according to the prophecies of the Bible, that the United States, the eagle's wings, symbolic of the United States in Daniel 7, are not part of the world governing body, the combo beast of nations that have federalized into a world governing body in the end time. The United States is not part of that. We've pulled out and we stand with Israel all the way to the end. I do not see that happening with a, somebody like a, a Joe Biden. Now, stranger things have happened. But I don't see that happening with somebody with a Joe Biden because Joe Biden is a globalist. He's all into the world governing body and he's pushing us in that direction with every fiber of his being. Donald Trump came along and started pulling us out of that and was really the greatest ally as far as a president goes as the world's ever, that we've ever had. Uh, and he moved the, uh, our embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. He recognized Jerusalem as Israel's eternal capital. He recognized the Golan Heights. I mean, he, he was influential in getting the Abraham Accords across the finish line. I mean, one thing after another, Donald Trump was 100%, well, I, I mean, a big majority of, I should say, pro-Israel. And Joe Biden, not. He's a globalist. He's pushing us into world government. So we know at some point in time, the United States has to pull away from the world government and stand with Israel and protect her against the world government in the end time. Consider a President, a President Obama. It's not going to happen. A President Biden. It's not going to happen. They, they're um, anti-Israel. A Donald Trump, somebody like that could fill that role. Uh, a, I don't know how Ron DeSantis is as far as Israel. We've seen how he acts in Florida, and I'm going to say he's. I'm going to guesstimate here that he might be a a um, advocate for an ally of Israel. However, I, I I don't know that. I need to do some more research on that. But I know how Donald Trump is because we saw what he did for four years. So a a re-election of Donald Trump would certainly have prophetic implications because he would move us into, again, the United States first, becoming an isolationist from the international community, an ally of Israel, stand against the world government, uh, and protect Israel against the world government in the end time. And it will take somebody in the United States very strong to do that, i.e., somebody like a Donald Trump who is just willing to say, I don't care what you think, this is America first. Somebody like that, in my opinion, I know how it's all going to play out um, and the steps that we take between here and there, it, it doesn't have to be Donald Trump. It, it could be somebody um, like him that would just say, no, we're not going to be part of the world government. We're going to stand with Israel regardless of what you think, international community. Because in the eyes of the international community, Israel's occupation in East Jerusalem and the West Bank is illegal, a flagrant violation of international law in the eyes of the world government. But Donald Trump said, I don't care. Jerusalem is Israel's eternal capital, period. And so certainly, in my mind, would have prophetic implications should he or somebody with his mindset be put in office in 2024 or beyond. Yep. 
Okay, thank you. That's all, right. all I had. God bless you. Thank you, my friend. Let's go to Marie in Tennessee. God bless Marie. Welcome to End of the Age. Hello. Hello, how are you? Doing good, Dave. How you doing? I am tremendous. Okay. I just had a comment. I wanted uh, people to hear about the mark of the beast, about receiving the mark of the beast in yep. Revelation 19.20. Yes. And, it's, and it says, And the beast was taken, and with him the false prophet that worked miracles before him, uh, the Antichrist, with which he deceived them. So the false prophet is going to be deceiving people by working miracles. Yes. And it says um, that uh, work miracles before him with which he deceived them that had received the mark of the beast and them that worshiped his image. These both were cast alive into the lake of fire burning with brimstone. Mm-hmm. Now, we, we hear that they, they, the Jews say that they have a Messiah over there, but we clearly understand in Matthew 24 and Mark 13 that Jesus Christ was warning of these things, he said, Then if any man shall say unto you, Lo, here is Christ, and lo, uh, there, believe it not, for there shall arise false Christs and false prophets, and shall show great signs and wonders, insomuch that if it were possible, they will deceive even the very elect. And over there in Mark 13, 22, it says the same things. It says to seduce, if yeah. it were possible, even the very elect. Now, right. the elect will be it will be harder for them to be deceived because they have the Holy Ghost and fire in them. Right. But if they don't continue to walk in the Word and the will and in the Spirit of God, uh, following after Christ, they could they could be deceived because sure. we, we could lose our... If we don't obey God and continue to walk with Him, uh, then we could turn away from Him. So I just wanted to share that with you mm-hmm. all. Sure. Well, I do thank you for your comments, and yeah, certainly um, the Bible—the Bible says, "He that endures to the end, the same yes. shall be saved." And so, uh, and this is a very key point, Marie, because I have friends who have turned away. They were in church, doing great, living for God, doing the best they could. Some of them were preachers, and they have turned away and went out and done things that I was shocked out of my mind and advocating for this world religious system. They got caught up in that movement. And I thought, what are you doing? And so that's something I certainly would not want to be a part of in the end time. And uh, very, very important. I do appreciate your comments. I got one more caller I want to get to. Thank you for the call, Marie. You have a great weekend. Let's go to Jim in the truck. God bless Jim. Welcome to End of the Age. Hey, praise God, Dave. How are you best? I'm doing good, my friend. How are you? I'm all right. Uh, that woman took away my thunder a little bit about Trump. I was because uh, she's coming back, and we know that we're going to be with Israel when all this comes down. When it because, like you said earlier, that God knows the end from the beginning, so we know yeah. that. But the thing, I, I just think that we should actually, since she spoke about that, I just want to think that we should actually be praying for people because going to a devil's hell shouldn't be an option for people because they're already born broken. They need us to pray for them, and to get filled. See, we got a revelation from God. The Bible says no one knows the Son except the Father, no one knows the Father except the Son, and to whom the Son wills to reveal himself to. So what we need to do is not feel so special, but God found something in us, and we obeyed him. 
So right. that's what we need to go. We need to go that way. We need to get these people in because they don't belong in a devil's hell fashion for the devil and his angels. Right. And the, the, we're going to see a bigger uh, revival than they saw back then. Greater things, he said. So anyway, Man. I just wanted to mention that. And I love you guys. And, you know, I miss you. Yeah. And uh, you, <laughs> I miss you, you take too, care, my friend. And I love you with all my heart. All right. Well, thank you okay. very much, Jim. Uh, hey, I haven't talked to you in a while, but God bless you. You have a great weekend. Thank you for the thoughts. And I want to say to everybody right here before we close the program that I had uh, somebody ask me earlier in another interview that I did yesterday, Dave, what would you say to everybody? What's the number one thing, whether it's monetary advice or whatever, what would you say to people to prepare them for the second coming of Jesus Christ and the rapture and everything, you know, the end times? And I said, look... There's not a piece of financial advice. There's not a place that I can tell you to move to, you know, store up food. Yeah, there's things that we can do physically, but number one, be born again. When Nicodemus came to Jesus, and he, he, as a secret disciple at night, he said, Hey, Jesus, we know you're a teacher come from God. No man can do the things but what he has sent from God specifically. And Jesus Christ He didn't mince words. He said, Nicodemus, this is the number one thing on Jesus' mind. Nicodemus, except a man's born again, he can't enter or see the kingdom of God. Boom, he just lays it right in his lap. And Nicodemus starts stuttering and spitting and, you know, uh, what do you mean born again? Do I got to enter again into my mother's womb? And Jesus said, no, 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 no. Except a man's born of the water and the spirit, he can't enter or see the kingdom of God. We are all approaching the time when the God of heaven will establish his kingdom here on the earth. And we've got to prepare ourselves for that time. Whether it happens tomorrow morning, should God call me home tomorrow, or whether the rapture happens a, a few years from now, or whenever, we've got to prepare ourselves for that. So my advice to everybody, be born again, develop a relationship with the Lord, live as a Christian the rest of the days of your life, become a part of a good Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church, And let's all win this world for the cause of Jesus Christ. Let's build His kingdom. And let's prepare everybody we can for the second coming of Jesus Christ to this earth. Because as we show you every day, it's not very far off. And I want you and everybody that listens to us to be prepared for that day. This has been End of the Age, brought to you by the faithful partners of End Time Ministries. If you're not currently a partner with End Time Ministries, or if you would like more information, we invite you to call us at 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-363-8463, or visit us online at endtime.com. 